This episode is sponsored by This Naked Mind Companion App. Wait, This Naked Mind has an app? Yes, we do, and I am so excited to tell you about it. This Naked Mind Companion app is our brand new app where we've included all-in-one access to over 700 videos with answers to all your burning questions, our signature 30-day alcohol experiment, our incredible global community, and so much more. All in one convenient place. It's private, off social media, and free. This Naked Mind Companion app is available in the App Store, on Google Play, and online at thisnakedmindapp.com. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And today I'm answering readers' questions. And today's question is, hi, Annie. So I am curious about how to be confident, specifically in social situations. I have used alcohol as liquid courage to help me network, be more outgoing, be funnier, and all sorts of things socially. And now that I'm alcohol-free, I'm finding it to be really hard to go out and navigate these social situations. Do you have any advice? Thank you. So I love this question. It's such a great question. And the really interesting thing about when we use alcohol for all sorts of things socially is that it obviously becomes a crutch. And what I wanna say before I give a really unique framework to think about this specifically is that when it becomes a crutch, we actually deprive ourselves of the ability to learn how to do the thing and therefore get good at it. And actually the confidence that comes from not needing alcohol, oh my gosh, it's like the real deal. It's kind of like as if the confidence that comes from alcohol, uh, which is sort of this fake, and then you kind of actually, if you're anything like me, if you used alcohol, especially in sort of work situations to be more outgoing and stuff, and then you went back to your hotel room, at least this was my case when I was traveling for work, I'd go back to my hotel room and I'd be like, oh man, like, what did I say? Was that really good? I'd second guess myself. And in some ways that would undermine my confidence. Or, you know, if you're using confidence out on a first date or you're going, you know, out and and meeting new people and then you get a little silly or you're saying some stuff and yeah, in the moment alcohol makes you feel confident, but at least for me, there was always this huge backlash of, man, was, was that okay? That was dumb. I shouldn't have said that. And kind of when I'd, when I'd sober up, when I'd wake up from that experience, my confidence was really undermined because I was left wondering what, you know, how I really came across and realizing that, that, you know, was actually a cost to my overall confidence. And somehow in this really strange way, although it made me feel more confident in the moment, alcohol was eroding my confidence over the long term. So I think that's worth saying is that when you when you show up for yourself, when you do the work to learn how to become confident on your own without the liquid courage, with just by learning social skills, which by the way, social skills, key emphasis on the word skills, okay? Skills is really important because this is a learnable thing. You know, there's even a book like how to win friends and influence people. There's tons of books like this, but that was kind of the most, um, you know, the most well-known one to give as an example, but like it is, it is a how-to. There, there is a method, there is a way to kind of learn how to do these sorts of things and how to, you know, be a confident person and be somebody who can kind of stand on their own without the liquid courage. Like it's a learnable skill. And I'd say one of the most important things about learning that skill or about doing that is just being someone who becomes wildly curious about other people. And if you can become wildly curious about other people, uh, 
the work kind of does itself because everybody, at the end of the day, like we're all interested in ourselves. We like to pretend we're not, but the truth is we are, we're all interested in ourselves. And so if you can be somebody, I would make goals for myself. Like I'm going to show up and I'm going to be the person who gets to know, you know, at least 10 new things about 10 people tonight. And I would focus all my attention on the other people, getting to know them, being curious about them. And then my confidence would take care of itself. So that's one of the ways you can learn this. But I want to give you this framework from Dan Sullivan uh, that I think is so powerful when it comes to confidence. And I think about this all the time when I'm lacking confidence, right? Like I remember I, I always wanted to be an author. And I always remember thinking that me being an author was going to be me sort of in some cabin somewhere with a glass of wine and a computer and a great view writing, you know, the next great murder mystery or romance novel or who, who knows what, but I just had these sort of romantic images. And, and admittedly, when I would drink and write, I would feel more confident in that because all of my imposter syndrome, my brain was numbed. So all of those thoughts that pop up into your mind about you're not good enough, you shouldn't even be doing this, this makes no sense, they were numbed. Now when I write, I have those in spades. I mean, they're they're loud, but I stop and I write them down and I apply my own act technique that I teach inside Live Naked AF and I turn it around and I actually like solve my own things. And it, it doesn't make it easier, but I learn how to move through that imposter syndrome kind of without the alcohol, which is, which is hard work sometimes. And it's interesting, but when I would review the writing that I would write when I had been drinking, it was never good. And so that's kind of the reality is that even though you can feel more confident in the moment, chances are you're not funnier. There was actually a study done on humor and people who like the comparison, and I don't, I don't have the citation, but the comparison of how people think that they're funnier with drinking and then how funny they really are and how much our ability to be funny really drastically diminishes when we've had a few drinks, but we think we're funnier. So it's interesting. It's, it's, it, just to say that this idea of us being able to be so confident with alcohol, it is, it's such a false thing because we're not actually as good at it. So we're actually making ourselves worse at whatever we're doing, whether it's writing or trying to be funny or whatever the case is. And, but we believe we're better at it. So it's really truly undermining our actual thing. So if you're ready to kind of show up and say, okay, well, I actually want to learn this skill because learning this skill, learning that you can do these things, like learning that I can write without drinking, learning that I can, you know, network without drinking, that I can be good at things without drinking, that I can socialize without drinking. Like there's so much confidence that comes from the knowledge that I don't need alcohol. So let me share this framework with you again. This is from Dan Sullivan and I really like it. And I really think it's applicable to this conversation about confidence. Confidence. So he says that confidence comes last. And we always think that when we're going into a situation that we should just feel confident. And often we wait until we feel confident to do the thing. We're like, oh, I would start writing that book if I just felt more confident. It must be that people who go and they do the thing, they must just feel confident. And, and, and a lot of times we're sabotaging ourselves because we're waiting to feel confident. And he says, waiting to be confident is literally setting yourself up for failure because confident doesn't come first. Confidence comes last. So he says, what comes first is commitment. Commitment comes first. You make a commitment. 
I am going to do this thing. I'm passionate about this thing. I know this is the right thing. I am going to learn this thing. I'm going to learn how to live alcohol-free. I'm going to learn how to socialize without alcohol. I'm going to learn how to have sex without alcohol. I'm going to learn how to write without alcohol. Whatever the thing is, you're going to learn how to do it without a drink. Commitment. And you make that commitment and that commitment is what sustains you through the next thing, which is courage. And if you think about courage, courage doesn't actually feel good because courage by definition is standing in fear and doing it anyway. But we think of courage as like this super sexy emotion. And in fact, I remember one of my sons used to be afraid of the dark. And he was so, he would beat up on himself so much. He wouldn't feel comfortable spending the night at other people's houses. And he would feel so regretful whenever he was invited over to a slumber party. And, you know, he really beat up on himself and he goes, mom, I just want to be brave and courageous like my friends. And I, I was looking at him and I was like, oh my gosh, they're not the brave ones because they don't have any fear. It doesn't take courage to spend the night at somebody's house when you're not afraid it takes courage to you know, show up and do the thing when you are afraid. I said, you are the one who's learning courage. Like you can't actually have courage if you're not afraid. There's no courage in that. There's no bravery in doing the easy thing. So commitment comes first. And then commitment gives us the tenacity, the wherewithal to be courageous. And again, we think of courageous as this kind of sexy emotion that must feel good. It must feel so great to be brave, but bravery and courage, they don't feel good. They feel really intense because you are literally standing in the middle of fear and doing the thing anyway. And then the next thing is when you do the thing again and again, when you show up and you do the thing, you show up and you ask somebody a bunch of questions about themselves, you show up and you actually, you know, do the thing that you're afraid of doing. Then you develop the third thing, which is competence. And competence is when you can do the thing. And so you have to do the thing in order to get good at doing the thing. I have a good friend, his name is Myron Golden. And he says, most people are unwilling to be bad at something long enough to actually get good at it. And man, isn't that the truth? And think of where that applies in your life in so many places. Like most people are unwilling to endure the comfort of being bad at something long enough to get good at it. And I know that this is so true for, you know, in my life, like it is really uncomfortable to do the thing first. I remember my first podcast, you know, it's so nerve wracking to show up and talk to people <laughs> who I didn't know about what was going on with me and especially share my story, which is super vulnerable. Like it didn't feel good, but then I did it again and did it again and did it again. And now I can safely say I am confident in podcasting. I've done like close to 600 episodes. I'm confident, but confidence comes last. It came after the competence, right? So the first thing is the commitment. First, you have to make a commitment. You have to make a commitment to doing this for yourself, to learning how to do this and know that on the other side of learning how to socialize without alcohol, how to do the thing you're afraid to do without alcohol is so much goodness, so much confidence, right? First is commitment. The commitment will allow you to show up and do the thing even when you're afraid. Commitment creates courage. And then after courage, when you actually do the thing and do it again and do it again, and maybe you're gonna, not going to be good at it the first time, and that's okay, you're going to show back up for yourself, then you get competent. And then from competence, 
you finally get to be confident. And so confidence actually comes last. And that's such an important thing to think about when you're thinking about whatever you're learning to do alcohol-free, but actually to think about in your whole entire life. So it's such a great question. And thank you so much for sending it in. Have you tried the alcohol experiment? Okay, if not, drop everything and go to alcoholexperiment.com. This is a free 30-day challenge and it's designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with that best version of you. You remember, it was that version of you that's living your most joyful life, that version that didn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time, the one that's able to have more fun than ever. Again, this is a totally free challenge and it can change everything for you. So learn more and join me for a 100% free challenge at alcoholexperiment.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps me reach somebody who might need to hear this message today.